0: What is up everyone, we are back again at it with Dr. Kupperman, Dr. Deanna, I myself am Seth Kalish and we have Lori Gruskin with us. So today we're going to be talking about practice management. So Dr. Kupperman, Dr. D, can you guys tell me what is your style of practice like? Uh, what what are some of the things that you're doing every day to day? What What's your practice size, location, procedure mix, all that sort of stuff?
1: Okay, so... Let's start with the kind of types of practices we run. We're fee-for-service uh, PPO. We don't take any kind of Medicaid or HMO. So that kind of helps uh, explain what type of office we are. Mm-hmm. Um, for clinical stuff management-wise, I'm a firm believer in uh, clinical autonomy. So I like when the doctors work on their own. They do on their own. They practice at their discretion. There's no pressure on them to do you know procedures that they don't want to do. It's kind of... Their treatment planning, and it's on their terms. Um, the five offices that we currently have, we have a six-op office on FSU's campus. We have a seven-op office in Perry. We have a four-operatory office in a, a retirement village over in mm-hmm. Dowling Park. We have a five-op office, another one in the more north side of Tallahassee, and then we have a five-op office in a Panacea, Florida, which is kind of closer to the beach. So those are all, that's a
0: lot of different demographics. Yeah, right? that's
1: a lot of different demographics. It's a lot of market share. I mean, we're probably looking at, say, over 30,000 patients conservatively, so it's definitely a good market share. Um, the office is two... It's, it's kind of cool because, you know, what initially inspired me to even buy these first three offices is the type of doctors that had worked there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. D can agree with me, too. It's pretty miraculous how they just have all, like, you know, the bells and whistles and all these cool different clinical things where you know that it was a dentist that kind of, you know, put it together. It was a dentist that, you know, set up the instrument regime, which is, which is really fascinating. I don't know if you have anything to add on that.
2: Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, it's everything. I can't think of really one specific procedure. So I started off at the, you know, at the Health and Wellness Center here at the FSU office. And it's, you know, basic, you know, one-tooth dentistry, you know, root canal, crown, and buildup, you know. Is
0: almost everybody here, like, under 30?
2: A lot, yeah. But I mean, I see all, you know, all types of patients, every age group, you know, people that work for the, you know, for the state. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of that. But, you know, this office, a lot of, you know, younger kids, you know you know, trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. going out, you know, Monday morning, they're busting their teeth. They're like, Hey doc, you know, what what are we doing here? Uh, Invisalign, wisdom teeth, but more simple stuff, you know, kind of, it almost feels like dental school there. And then that's, but now I'm at like, let's say Monday I start there and then Tuesday I'm in Perry, which is, you know, very rural office, you know, Southern vibes, salt of the earth people. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, just like, like just great people, um, Mm -hmm. that really respect you. And, um, you know, and those type of, I mean, it's, it's complex stuff, you, right, know, yeah. you know, more like, you know, just like, you know, collapsed bites, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, drug-induced t- tooth loss. Uh-huh. Um, so there it gets, you know, it gets more comprehensive. And then, you know, so I, I go through all the offices and then you have Dowling Park, which is, you know, hour and 15 minutes out of Tallahassee and it's a, it's, you know, inside of a retirement village. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a retirement village, but then you also have, a lot of um, people coming from the surrounding counties. So I'm jumping in a room with a 96-year-old patient, and then the next room is a six-year-old. So it's like, yeah. it's all over. So, I mean, these patients are, like, medically compromised. You know, it's, it's that, I mean, I would say that's my favorite office mm. for some reason. I don't, yeah. know it, I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's, like, yeah. it's just a beautiful vibe and community. And mm-hmm. then the other offices um, in Tallahassee, like, you know, fee-for-service, like, high profile uh clients that Mm -hmm. you know it's like in the beginning i was nervous you know like Mm -hmm. you know you don't realize it but then you know i mean you know the other doc would be like oh this guy's like owns this i was like man i'm not ready for this you Mm -hmm. know you get you just get nervous you know but um but there is uh again just you know um crown and bridge root canals
0: um, okay so how many what's kind of like your schedule like uh five days a week or and what's your hours like also
2: Um, I'm four and a half. So Mm -hmm. Monday through Thursday now I'm going, I'm going, my schedule kind of changed, but Monday through Thursday I go to the rural offices and then, um, Friday is just a half day at FSU and, you know, just a lot of emergencies, you know, um, a lot of wisdom teeth, a lot of, a lot of trauma, but more basic stuff. So, yeah.
0: Okay. How about you, Dr. Kupferman?
1: Uh, One one of the biggest things too, you know, uh, Dr. D is just very passionate about dentistry in general. You know, he, he works, you know, four and a half days a week, but, Typically, you know, I, I think a, you know, a doctor, to for longevity, you know, you really only want to work about four days a week long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a really big piece of advice. So for me, it kind of varies because I kind of float around the offices and kind of do, you know, um, more specialty procedures like like implants and a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, surgery. So sometimes my work week is, say, a day, and then the rest of it's committed to administrative stuff, and then other weeks, you know, I'll work two or three days. So that's kind of what my schedule is. But the fortunate thing too, I think about our office network is it's kind of set up for, um, for education. It's set up to slowly, gradually introduce you into, you know, more clinically developed more clinically complex cases. Cause you know, you kind of come to FSU and you're seeing kids and you're literally, you know, just doing fillings. I mean, it's right. literally like dental school. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of getting your feet wet, you know, you're feeling it out, you're doing really straightforward procedures and then you slowly kind of start to get thrown in the lion's den Or, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're in Perry or you're in Downing Park, you know, medically, me- medically compromised patients that, you know, having you know, a tons of like rampant decay or, mm-hmm. you know, missing a lot of teeth or collapsed bites, um, you know, TMJ. So it starts to get a little bit more advanced, but you can kind of progress as slowly or as quickly as you want to. And that's kind of what gives you that comfort zone, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that's again, awesome. Yeah. Man. And again, to back to the doctor mentorship to where if you're in it over your head, you got, you got doctors that are, you know, been practicing for 40 years that you can kind of call up and ask for advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cool.
2: yeah, with that said, like, there's been a, a lot of times where I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm very overwhelmed. But it's been nice because I know I'm not alone. Like, whether whether Dr. Cupperman's there or I can call him, you know, I call, you know, the other doctors, whether it's Dr. Morgan. And, you know, they're, they're there. You know, they're there to help. Um, you know, I've sat down with uh, some of the older docs, gone over you know, a lot of the comprehensive cases and I mean that's that's helped me a lot because there's no way I'd be able to treat these patients like the right way without some help.
1: Yeah, mm. And one thing, too, that's remarkable is, you know, we have these these uh, amazing uh, iTero Element 2 scanners to where, you know, you can do full uh, digital mounted models in a matter of two minutes and it's uploaded to a cloud. So when you want to kind of review treatment plans, you know, you have two doctors on the computer and you can sit there and you can pull up a 3D image model. You can look at, you know, how the bite is and you can look at it in color. You can look at it, right. you know, normal. And you can seriously sit there and you can do a full blown treatment mm-hmm. plan and then you can literally send it off to the lab and they they can fabricate you know prosthetics and stuff for you using mm-hmm. that so it's i mean it's it's pretty state of the art and it's yeah, just really That's horrible. wild. I mean yeah.
0: it's almost like you don't need the patient there mm-hmm. right yeah so do you, um, do you scan, like, every single patient that comes in for the COE? Yeah,
1: not every single patient. Typically, if it's something that's more advanced, if it's just a super basic patient, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of a, a waste of time if they have perfect teeth. Yeah. But if yeah. somebody that, you know, has, has, you know, extensive work to be done, it's a lot easier to sit there, do the scan, um, pull it up. You know, you can go you know, maxillary arch, lower arch. You can zoom in on, like, you know, kind of, like, the work that needs to be done. Another thing, obviously, you know, you, you need to do it for is for Invisalign. And right. then you, you can pull up those checks uh, before and after within a matter of minutes, which is, which is pretty – Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, obviously for, you know, crown bridge, um, for implants, we, we scan. Um, but that makes everything so much more accurate because you're literally taking 6,000 pictures of the tooth, you know, wrapping around it, 6,000 at this angle, 6,000 at this angle. Yeah, so yeah. your accuracy of like crowns, I mean, they're dropping in and your margins are squeaky tight. So it's, it's a really, really cool thing. Right.
3: In regards to the technology, are you thinking about getting a CEREC within any of your offices, or do you have one at the moment? So
1: I keep seeing these advertisements about CERECs that can like print a crown in like five minutes. If it gets to that point, I would definitely consider pulling the trigger. Um, but mm-hmm. I just don't know, you know, these, these machines are new, I don't know, you know what the longevity on them is, I don't necessarily yeah. know how expensive they are, but for me it's like, the crown in a day appointment where somebody has to be in the chair for four hours—I just, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sold on it quite yet. I know there's some doctors that really like to do it, um, but for me, I just don't think it works for the business model right now.
0: Right, because I see you have some of those. Um, what do they call it? The uh, vacation dentistry, or what's it called? Uh, dental tourism, or something? And patients will like fly into these really nice offices. The offices will be like, you know, all like spot up and. That, that's what it's really there for, for the patients that are willing to spend half mm-hmm. a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of that, I just went to DSG Dental Lab. Um, that's in St. Pete. And they were saying like, uh CAD CAM, all that is going to be out of here sooner or later. Because 3D printing, they're just going to be 3D printing uh, ceramics. And that that's like the biggest roadblock right now is like just with materials technology. So once they figure that out, they're going to be 3D printing crowns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I know I
1: Tarot or... yeah, or um, Align, I believe, just purchased a, a CAD CAM company. Okay. So that's an interesting development that, that's going on too. Mm-hmm. So who knows? You know, maybe Align and Iter are going to come out with their own, you know,
0: yeah. uh, printer. So that would be yeah. that'd be wild. Yeah. Um, so what's going back to the business? What what's kind of like some of the best business advice? I know it's a broad question, but what's something that really like stuck out stood out to you? Uh, when you're kind of coming up and learning a lot about business? The biggest thing okay, kind of comes
1: back to the E-myth is cash flow. So that's your lifeline. That's the number one thing. You have to have more money coming in than money that's coming out. You have to have reserves. You have to have a safety fund, which I think a lot of people are realizing is very important right mm-hmm. now, especially in this period of time. Um, but that's probably, I mean, that's 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 the oxygen for you right there. Right. And then yeah. obviously there's a lot, a lot of other things that go along with, you know, HR management and
0: leadership. Right. Yeah. I, uh... How about you, Doctor D? What do you What do you think <laughs> From
2: what I, what I've seen, I mean HR.
0: <laughs> it gets, it, yeah,
2: it gets to the point where, and I I always used to ask Dennis when I was shadowing Dennis and he'd be like, you know, what's the hardest thing? Right? And they would always, every single one would say, you know, like I can teach anyone to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um it's the other stuff, the business side, so uh, the employees, the staff. It's right. really about like being able to lead a team and effectively and um you know, just um, yeah so yeah.
0: so what's like some of the problems that you guys run into because I, I mean, you see a lot of the stuff that uh, Mark costas says is just like make your um operations manual mm-hmm. and get all your protocols written out yeah. but, like you get you can do that and you can hand it to your employees, to your team members, and yeah. they can just not read it. Like, so how do you deal with all that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you have the manual and it's good to have as a reference. And at the end of the day, you know, we're not working with robots. We're working with human beings that have feelings. I yeah. mean, it, and, um, with all due respect, you know, women can be emotional at times. And it's like a roller coaster. You know, sometimes you have all the women are emotional at once. And then other times it's just, you know, flowers and roses. And you kind of never know what you're going to get. But ultimately, you have to have a chain of command that's one of the most important things so you kind of delegate delegate and elevate it's like oh probably all right let me write that down this is a good good (laughs) theme for this podcast so you basically have levels of command and levels of leadership to where it can be kind of sectioned out and resolved on you know a lower level and if it needs to be escalated it can be escalated Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's probably one of the best ways to handle that
2: and with what now that i uh you know, I always think of Mark Costas and stuff. He's always talking about systems and systems. That is that is so important because if your systems start breaking down, it everything starts breaking down. Whether it's like onboarding new people or just day to day stuff. So you need to have systems in place. I think like we've, you know, we've had them. You know, we've we've had systems in place and stuff. And then you know, as we've gotten more offices and stuff, it you just need to make sure it's consistent. And you gotta, you know, just mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, like Dr. Morgan says, kiss, yeah. keep it, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do. And, uh, so whether it's clinical or business, that part it's, uh, you gotta have the systems in place.
0: Okay, cool. So, um, what's, what's kind of the best marketing advice? This is, this is like, I mean, we, we spoke about how your offices are very different. You have different demographics. I mean, maybe some places, um, billboards might work, but then other places, You don't even need uh, Mm -hmm. to do, like, visual. You can just do, like, all uh, online stuff, Facebook marketing. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, every dentist is going to tell you this, but word of mouth is Mm going to be the absolute best. Um, Internal referrals are going to be the absolute best thing. For our office, especially um, at FSU, it's a little bit different. You know, we just have to – people just have to know we exist. You know, we're smack dab in the middle of 45,000 students. So as long as people know we exist, they don't really have anywhere else to go. So it's kind of like a different situation where it's like these more rural offices. I mean, the lifeline is the phone and, you know, direct, right. direct referrals. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to have a good mobile-friendly website, which is good. Um, I've been getting, you know, quite a bit of traction with like Facebook ads and mm-hmm. being able to target, you know, certain demographics um, and again, too, you know, as Howard Farrand always says that, you know, 90% of, uh, appointments women are made by females. Right. So that's another thing too, like, to target market females. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of Okay, stuff. yeah, that's some good advice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, uh... Anything else marketing wise? I mean, we, we have a, um, the FSU offices market on the Jumbotron during the, um, during, oh, the really? during the football games. That's we cool. have a big banner out in the, the FSU baseball field. So I think there's more marketing involved for FSU than any of the other mm-hmm. offices. But I mean, obviously you got to have like a Facebook page too, yeah. which, is, which is pretty right. critical. And then a Google, a Google page, which mm-hmm. is good with like good reviews.
3: How did you get the office within FSU? Because a few years ago, when I was here at school, there wasn't a dental office. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll get into that. Comes back to the story of me acquiring the three offices at once. It was kind of like a package deal, to where the doctor had his rural offices, but his son had just started this office, and his son, you know, was tragically killed. Mm-hmm. So it was, he was—he basically owned all three. So that's how I kind of got it, like in, in one.
3: In one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is so it hard cool. dealing with the university?
1: not at all. Honestly, FSU has been absolutely amazing. I think they're just happy to have us. I mean, you have yeah. high quality doctors that are serving these students when like a lot of surrounding practices, they don't want to have to deal with the students because it's like the parents that they have to deal with, not with the students. So, cause there's, right. there's a lot yeah. of, yeah, there's a lot of miscommunication there. Um, but yeah, I think FSU is happy to have us. It's just been a great, um, a great relationship that I've had with them. I mean, I'm a diehard brainwashed Seminole, so I just love being here. Still, well, I feel still, you. So love our football team. Um, hoping Norvell uh, brings us back to greatness. Let's but, hope so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So a um, little bit of Facebook marketing because um, we we talk a lot about social media with a lot of uh, our our listeners. So how about like Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that? Because you know how yeah. they say that. Okay. Did you, I heard this the other day. Like, sixty um, percent of Facebook users are like over. 40 years mm, and old. That, is and
1: already? that's why for the FSU, um, I mean, I hammer on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big time. So yeah. I have the guys that do the marketing for all like the nightclubs for the students. Mm-hmm. I have the same guy doing the marketing <laughs> really, that's, for the students. That's because funny. That's literally, you know, that's who they know. Yeah. They know the student population. And that has just been, I mean, it's been wildly, uh, you know, popular. Whereas, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't believe how far that page has come within, you know, a year. So, Yeah. yeah.
3: Do you have a hard time with the FSU students keeping their appointments because they're so young and they might not care?
1: Um, You know, we definitely probably have cancellations, but I don't know. We just see so many
0: patients. Uh, I mean,
1: if if they cancel, there's just like 50 other people that need to come in that day, you know? So it's not like too big of a deal, honestly.
0: Right, right. You got a little bit of a buffer. So, okay. Um, So when you're you're really uh, breaking down your office, what... uh, Okay, so Dr. D, what, uh, what is some leadership advice you would give to a dentist that's got poor team culture? It's a tough question. It, it is tough. I mean, because that's what a lot of dentists are struggling with. You poor
1: know? team culture, man. That is just like a killer in any office. And I think uh, one of the biggest things with poor team culture is people don't know what the company is about. People don't know what the core values are. They're just kind of lost, you know, they want somebody to follow people, you know, a lot of people, most people want leaders, they want great leaders, and you have to, you have to basically illustrate to them what your core values are, what your vision is, and then, you know, once they have that down, then you also have to have, you know, like some fun, like, you know, you got to be laid back, you got to be it's got to be a cordial environment, you know, you got to do, um, you know, company events where you guys just like hang out, you know, grab a drink, or, like, you know, right. go bowling, you know, mm-hmm. do, do something, do some fun stuff. Like That's where, that's where it starts with. Another thing is too, is like, you know, you, sometimes you have valuable employees that are kind of rotten apples where mm-hmm. they're good fiscally, right. but they're not good. They're not you good know? for the team. They're yeah, not good for the team. And that's yeah. some of the hardest things I think that all practice owners struggle with. Um, so sometimes it's better just to kind of cut the rotten apples right. as soon as you can.
0: Right. That's what I hear a lot, like just get rid of them early, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? What's how about the uh, the dentists? Sorry, Dr. D, but yeah. Dr. K. So when, when you're hiring new dentists and they're struggling in case acceptance, how do you help them out, train them to improve that?
1: Okay, so it all starts with one thing. It's not about how much you know. It's about how much you care, okay? Okay. That's one of the number one
0: things. There you go. I write that one down yeah. too.
1: You have to have an emotional connection with the patient. You have to show them that you care. You have to show them that you're really there for them. Otherwise, if they get a hint of, you're on another level of them, you're a doctor, you know more, this and that. Mm -hmm. Another thing too, uh, which one of the first things I taught to dr. D. You got to break things down in layman's terms You can't right. do yeah. clinical We We speak Latin, you know, right. we speak a different language mm-hmm. You have to break it down to where they understand it So you create an emotional connection which you care about the patient We don't mm-hmm. care about our patients and then when you explain the treatment to them, You don't make it like rocket science. You just make it very straightforward, right? You know, this is what you need you know, you can have the option of doing nothing, the ball's in your court. And I think if you get that mentality, your case acceptance kind of goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. And interestingly enough, I use Dental Intel, which is a good program that kind of mm-hmm. monitors a uh, treatment case acceptance for doctors. So you can kind of monitor that. And it's funny, you know, when you, you tell doctors, you know, this whole thing, and then all of a sudden you start looking like, you know, at their ports, like, oh wow, they're like treating a case. Like Dr. D's case acceptance is through the roof. you mm-hmm. know. Whereas other like newer doctors, it's like a little bit lower and like, You know, just go talk to them, like, you know, what's going on? You know, you can't be overly clinical. You can't be overly academic because the majority of your patients are not like that. Now... That doesn't go to say that you're, you know, you might get like a neuroscientist or a, you know, a president of a All hospital right, who want to hear like yeah, every single yeah, little detail. Yeah, and again, too, you know, it comes back to the types of patients. But the majority of patients that come in there, they just want to know that you care. Mm-hmm. They just want to know that you're in their, you know, their best interest, right. and, you're, and you're not trying to rip them off.
0: Do you have like some sort of protocol? Because I know uh, a lot of people say like, okay, find three things in common with the patient, like when you first meet them. Yeah, I, like I
1: mean, I don't have a system. I mean, you walk in there, you look them in the eye. Hi, nice to meet you. How are you? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. What can I do for you? What brings you in? And then you just, you ask questions and then you ask questions after questions and you want to get the patient talking because once they're talking, then they start to become comfortable. They're like, wow, I can express myself to this doctor. He's not just like, you know, somebody that's, you know, higher up. Like I can actually, he's listening to what I'm saying because believe it or not, we don't even think about it because we're all doctors. But when a patient's in the chair and like, you know, a doctor is really listening to what they're saying, it means a lot. It Mm -hmm. really does.
2: Yeah. It's, it's all about, I think, confidence, too, which takes time mm-hmm. because the patients can sense if you're not confident. But, right. And, it, it, you know, as a new grad, it, it took me a little bit of time to, like, get that confidence and, you know, because you don't know the best choice sometimes, you know, whether something's going to last, whether something's not going to last. But for me, it was always, you know, what I always kept in mind was, like you know, this is my brother, this is my sister, this is my mom, this is my dad. Would mm-hmm. I do this? Right. You know, that I always ask myself that, and that just guided me in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I talk to the patient. I mean, yeah, like he said, you need to, I mean, I love people. You need to love people right. or else yeah. this is the wrong profession. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you're in there. I want to know, like, their kids, you know, where they're mm-hmm. from, all that. And, I, you know, I genuinely do want to know that, whereas a doctor that kind of just goes in there is like, all right, it's going to be root canal buildup and crown and uh, treatment plan coordinators come in. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, what the heck you do you know? do
0: you guys present your own cases uh to the patient or how um, do you do so sometimes uh, yeah another thing too mm-hmm. that
1: I, I forgot to mention obviously no brainer intraoral camera like you oh are, yeah you absolutely have to have photos mm-hmm. a lot of times too when i come in and i feel like i'm just initially getting some pushback i'm basically like listen um I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to take a photo. No, I'll, right. I'll be back momentarily. Yeah. And I come in, I pull yeah. it up on the screen. I'm like, so, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, is that my tooth? Yeah, you know. And then, yeah, then shit. you can kind of go into that <laughs> as opposed to you know going the other way. We kind of tell them what they need. And then I was like, you know, we're going to itemize the treatment plan, and we're going to get the cost together, so you're going to know exactly what you know your financial responsibility is. You know, we're not going to get, get any surprise bills going mm-hmm. away. But then we do have treatment plan coordinators, you know, like the moms of the office, just like these yeah. loving moms, yeah. and they come and they, the moms you know, the and office. they sit down yeah. and they, you know, they'll really talk to it and they'll, yeah. they answer all the questions. You know, our treatment plan coordinators are as knowledgeable, you know, as as a, as a lot of dentists. Mm-hmm. So that's So that's kind of the process that you have to have. There's also like the handoff, you know, when everyone's consistent. When you come in, it's like the assistant is like, "Oh wow, you know, I think this is gonna need a you know a root canal." And then the doctor comes in and, "Oh wow, yeah, I think this is gonna need a root canal." And then the treatment coordinator comes in and says, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna need a root canal. How this? How much it costs?" Once there's that consistency, it's like all of a sudden, wow! Like the the patient's like really confident in what's going on, right. as opposed to getting mismatched mess- right. signals from everybody. Yeah. So I, I guess
0: it a also sense of trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. sense of trust. I guess it also takes time to get everybody on the right track, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's uh. If you guys can remember something recent, um, a recent case you might have had, what's like an analogy or something that you might have used to help a patient understand a case? So like one I heard, um, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Dental Nacho. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Paul Goodman. He said that a crown is like a hard hat, and he just went from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I call
1: crowns. I say, I say, a crown is a ceramic helmet that's going to protect your teeth. I always yeah. call it a ceramic helmet because you say you say crown like, oh gosh, crowns are so expensive. But then when you say it's a ceramic helmet that's going to help you from not losing your tooth or having to go through surgery or root canals, mm-hmm. all of a sudden like, oh yeah, a helmet, it's going to protect my tooth and then the value is built there. Right. But I think Dr. D probably has like some other stuff to uh, you. Know.
2: Yeah, off the top of my head, like, you know, when you're trying to like explain like a root canal and why it needs a crown, I, mm-hmm. I do use the same, you know, analogy of ceramic helmet, but we're, you know, we're basically hollowing out the tooth, killing the nerve, right. like I try to keep it as layman as possible. Um,
0: because um, like right now I'm trying to write like this I know it sounds ridiculous but I'm trying to write a protocol and just like have a bunch of analogies for each <laughs> different uh treatment right and just like give it pass it out to all my classmates yeah and just here try try this analogy with the patient like see which ones work that sort of thing mm-hmm. so another one is like um you like uh Carries is like termites, yeah, and yeah. eating the uh, the foundation. and ends mm-hmm. up you going to need a root canal, like all that sort of thing. It's,
2: yeah, those are definitely useful. Patients like really pick up on that. You know, I, like for uh, for a tooth, you know, if we, there's a bunch of fillings and we keep doing fillings, I usually tell them, I was like, you know, it's like patching a tire. You know, we mm-hmm. can keep patching this, but the right. tire's gonna blow. That's
0: good. That's perfect. You I love know,
2: that. Or like the you know, you see always the class fives, like you know the the fractions, mm-hmm. you know the deep i fraction. I'm right. like, Okay, listen, like this is like a tree, and we're notching the tree. Yeah. That's you that's you that's know, another that's good <laughs> one. Those are two good ones. I've never heard those <laughs> before. Notch in the Tree. I Notch like. in the Tree. I haven't even heard that one before. Yeah. Touche. That's like, a good one. You know who, speaking of this, um, Dr. Greg Charles, he's the oh, like, yeah. The dental clinical pearls. Right. I forgot that. Yeah. That is um, such a big free foundation mm-hmm. for, for pearls, but he also has like a, a course on like case acceptance, mm-hmm. basically. And I haven't gotten it, but I know this is like he just dives into all his scripts mm-hmm. and stuff that really help patients understand. So right. it could be a, a right. useful. Uh,
0: he also sends out emails. Yeah, I, don't know if you get the, like I do every day or something. help and it's only it only takes like sixty seconds or even yeah, right?
2: helpful dentist, It's it's great.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, Dr. Kupperman, I, I guess we're skipping around a little bit, but how how do you get your practices involved in the community? Cause I see um, you go to a lot of like community events, that sort of thing. So what what are some of the things that you're trying to focus on there in promoting your practice? Is there anything that you have any goals in mind or? Well, one of the biggest things is just local
1: philanthropy. Um, I think uh, we recently went to, it was like a big uh, breast cancer. Um, gosh, what was it? It was a big, big breast cancer, um, I guess, celebration, celebration of the survival. So I ended up, you know, getting a table there and we did, you know, some auctioning and some bidding. So that was pretty fun. Um, Dr. D and I are really big on uh, uh, mission work. So locally, we, you know, we we volunteer at the the local homeless shelter, but also internationally, you know, um, Jamaica, um, there's a really good outreach program that we do there. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things. You got to be involved in local philanthropy, and the thing mm-hmm. is too is a lot of these uh, philanthropic events. Uh, you know, they're fun, they're a good times. So right. So you can in, kind of involve staff. You're like, oh hey, like who doesn't want to go to a nice banquet and like have you know, have a dinner and yeah. enjoy yeah. And, like yeah. network. So it can be it can be fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really cool.
2: And mm-hmm. even like the rural offices too is what, what, what we've started to do is like you know there's there's church events out there that we
1: kind of have to go to. Trunk or treat is a big one on Trunk Halloween, or Treat. everybody there's, tailgates with their trucks. You know, we get like our you know our Morgan truck out there. Yeah. There and like handing out uh, you know, candy to all the
0: kids. So. You,
2: got, you got to be involved in the community. Mm-hmm. People want to see that and that uh, you're part of the community or else you're just an outsider.
0: Right, right. That's cool, guys. So um, what what's something when you got out of school, give me some like CEs that really set you to the next level. What are some procedures that, I mean, we spoke before about uh, endo. Like you really got into endo and Dr. K, you got into uh, surgery. You really enjoy that implants. What are some either some CE's or just some things that really elevated your clinical skills? Uh,
2: for me, I did a um, I think the the Brassler uh, continuing education course I did. It was in Destin. It was sponsored by Brassler, which we use the endo sequence, mm-hmm. um, uh, endo stuff. That was really good for me because um, you know Dr. Cupperman was in my ear saying you know this is the BC this stuff's really good. And even at Nova, like a lot of the doctors were starting to come on board with that mm-hmm. real world real world endo like all the spear guys like that's the system they use um but that like helped me understand like the science of it and you know why it's good but it also Mm -hmm. helped me like technique wise like you know there was endodontist there that went over like you know the blend technique or Mm -hmm. you know kind of broke it down to like a really simple way so then you know i implemented that here which it wasn't we weren't doing something too different but when i started doing that here it just like it helped me become more efficient um and then as far as C, the, the online oral surgery helped me a lot, you know, just to, for some of these, uh, you know, these extraction cases. Right. Um, and we also did a, in uh, Las Vegas, went to one of the uh, big business businesses. Mm-hmm. And that the, was Dena, the Dental Well Conference. Dental oh, okay. Well yeah. Conference. You yeah. guys that, was, that was
1: like all the big names there, yeah. man. It was great. It was awesome. You and guys Gold, meet Scott Luna? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been to the breakaway practice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
2: but, like, going there and, like, you know, rubbing elbows with all these guys, like, not only just the courses and stuff, it was just cool to, you know, to talk to these people and kind of see, like, the bigger picture of where dentistry is kind of going right. and how things work and so that was cool, too. That that was more, like, just like a mindset shift mm-hmm. for me, not so much clinical, but just going, it doesn't matter what CE you, you go to, like, you're always going to just grab that one little thing, right. you know, and then it's, you're talking with dentists and whether you're like, oh, like, you know, like... You're just venting or talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's invaluable. Like, so right. I think I'm, I'm big on CE. I like, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely necessary.
0: Um, Scott, or not Scott, Um, Dr. Paul Edgerson, we interviewed him a few months ago, and he said that um, the guys who are doing the best, that are producing the most, that are becoming the most successful dentists that he knows are all CE junkies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that, I mean, good yeah. for you because you guys are definitely coming He yeah. yeah. But you yeah. know,
1: I mean, Panky, Dawson, uh, mm-hmm. LVI, Spear, Did did some courses over the Picos Institute for surgery, Mm -hmm. um, for implants. So you need to. That's one thing too that I think Dr. Dean and I can uh, agree on. You need to uh, adopt a philosophy. You know, are you LVI? Are you Dawson? Are you Sphere? Are you mixed? Like, just figure out what philosophy you like Mm -hmm. and can grow on. Cause you don't want to constantly be changing your, your right. crucial philosophy and this and that. Because like neuromuscular dentistry and centric relation, you know, they're, they kind of are counter. Mm-hmm. They're completely the opposite thing. So you got to find out what works for you and, and again, do what you're passionate about. So.
0: Right. Is there I, any uh, specific implant system that you like? Like I know that'd be a lot of people like I'm a huge
1: uh, proponent of strawman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do implants, just, just do the best, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've done some, you know, um, some other implants uh, which I will not name, but you know, it's just it's not the same. When you see these Straumanns and they've been around for ten years and the crestal bone is just still perfect, and then mm-hmm. you know you'll do another implant like perfectly, you know, perfect everything, and then four months later you're getting crestal bone loss. You're just like, what's going yeah. on? You know. But I really, I like strawman. I like the system. I've gotten so comfortable with it. And they just integrate, you know, they have a really high success rate. I mean, you can go on PubMed and you can look at the the research articles of the thousands of implants they've placed of like the 99.5% success rate. I mean, there's some really good backing and that's why, you know, like all the periodontists and all the oral surgeons, I mean, they're high on Strauman for, for a reason. So, and I mean, I'm not paid to say this either. I'm just, <laughs> right, right. I'm just I, I owe a lot of my success to Strauman because they make me look good. You know, if I'm placing implants that are failing, I look like an incompetent clinician. But right. like Strawman, is it's it's been good so far, and it's been really good
0: customer service. So awesome, that's some great advice, guys. I, I appreciate that. So uh, final thing, um, you know, dentistry that's one part of our lives, right? So how are you guys kind of balancing everything with your family life, all of that? Tell me like what what's your guys' plans for the future? Like, you know, do, you plan on having kids? Do you have kids? Tell me tell me a little about that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, at the end of the day it's it's we got to start a family, you know. I'm I'm single. I uh my family's all in Michigan. Um so right now it's, you know, I'm kind of you know, I took a kind of a chance coming here. You know, I don't I mean, I've made friends, I made a good support group through Dr. Copperman and stuff. Like I love it here. Um mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's a we're going to see. I don't know whether mm-hmm. you know whether I stay here for my 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 plan I mean eventually down the road is you know I want that you know four or five six chair office mm-hmm. low overhead lean right and you know doing my thing but at the same time I'm seeing what's you know I'm here working with in the group setting and the vision with Dr. Kupperman it's also very you know it's also you know mm-hmm. because we can you have a you know dentist doing dentistry by yourself, I feel it can get kind of lonely mm-hmm. and like being here and having you know different doctors and doing it all uh, um, together because you need people you know to do stuff so um, right now I'm just you know I'm just trying to get more confident clinically uh, mm-hmm. capable and then uh, we'll see
3: we'll awesome yeah so yeah yeah one day at a time for me yeah, yeah. what yeah. about you Dr. Copperman?
1: Um. so personal life um, you know I like I like to be relaxed, mm-hmm. you know? I like to enjoy life. Um, I mean, we, it's kind of funny. Like, a lot of those doctors recently kind of started playing tennis, and it's like, you know, you're just having a blast. Like, I like going for long walks. I like, you know, beautiful weather. I like being out in the sun. I'm, you know, I have a girlfriend. Um, it's, that's been going pretty well. I mean, I'm not trying to rush anything, you know? I mean, I feel like Dr. D and I, were in a very fortunate situation. We're both young, and, you know, we have a, a path for success. So, But at the end of the day, man, you want to be enjoying your life. You don't want to be killing yourself. And as for the future, I really feel like Doctor D and the the other doctors that I have, I think we have something really special. I think we have something unique. Um, I don't know what it is, but deep down inside, like the pit of my stomach, I feel like we we have the potential for greatness. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm at five locations right now, but I feel like if I find the right people, there's no reason why we can't grow much larger to be in comparison to other groups. Because this whole philosophy of adopting relationship-based dentistry not just with the patients but with the doctors you know you have to respect the doctors you have to have a good relationship with them and you have to mentor them and I think that's kind of the basis of our organization and that's why I don't necessarily want to jump into a family I don't want to jump into kids and whatnot mm-hmm. because I still want to focus on just growing this this special thing that we that we've created here mm-hmm. so
0: that's where I right. stand it's almost like you already got a family right yeah pretty much exactly what
3: about going outside of the Panhandle of Florida like would you consider going to Alabama going to South Florida
1: um not South Florida obviously for <laughs> many reasons um but maybe I don't know South Georgia I just love South man I like yeah. that I like that Southern hospitality I like nice patience I like slow pace I like relaxed I know it, I think for a lot of dental students, you know, you're probably like 25, 26 when you get out and you just like want to rage. You want to go to like the city, you want to be in New York, you want to be in San Diego, you want to be in Miami, just like, you know, <laughs> going ham essentially. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, 31 pushing 32. You'll notice that as you kind of start to get to your 30s, you kind of, you get your creature comforts, you kind of start to relax a little bit. Um, So, yeah. What mm-hmm. is it
3: about Tallahassee that like, that you like the most?
1: I think it's just because I see the potential of Tallahassee. It's booming. I mean, there's just hundreds of millions of Dollars of development going on right around right, us right that's now. True. You can that, see it when you that, drive yeah, around, but that you would never even know. And I think the potential for Tallahassee. I think we're gonna follow a similar timeline to Austin, Texas, because mm-hmm. they, you know, they had basically the exact same timeline of just being that small football town, and then mm-hmm. it kind of slowly just grew. But I see a lot of potential. And again, too, you know, I love, I love FSU, but I like the people here. I like the community. I like, you know, just, I'm just have some really good friends here that I trust. Right. You know, it's nice being able to, being able to trust people. And again, too, it all comes down to the relationships you have at the end of the day. That's like, I mean, there's, you know, tons of podcasts and stuff, but it's, there's a study on happiness and it's like, what's the correlation between happiness and fulfillment in your life? And at the end of the day, it comes down to relationships. So where are you going to be where you're going to have good relationships with people? You know, there's kind of an emptiness of being in a big city and just meeting people. And like and they're leaving, they're gone. It's like you don't know them. I mean, it's fun and it's fun in the moment. But at the end of the day, what's going to be lasting and fulfilling? So that's why, you know, I implore you to consider, you know, where you want to be located going forward in your in your career. For Definitely for, you know, dental students and, and existing guys.
3: Do you feel that it's a transient town though because of... The college that is here
1: um, for students and for patients for the FSU office, yes. But for for a lot of um, a lot of my other friends, I mean, I've I've known them since I've since I moved here, and it's kind of funny too. You know, we kind of have a saying in Tallahassee, it's kind of like a boomerang. You know, you leave, and a, a lot of people they kind of end up coming back. Yeah, is, yeah. Just, just how Tallahassee. I love it, man. Is, I
0: love, yeah. it mm-hmm. love it here. Love it here. All right. Thank you guys so much. Any uh, contact information for anybody to reach out to you guys? Um, I'm on uh, Instagram and
1: Facebook, just Nathan Kupperman DMD. You can check out our uh, website at naknakdemogroup.com. If you have any questions or concerns for me, my email is n at uh, nakdemogroup.com. My last name's K U P P E R M A N, cup like a cup. Uh, if,
2: if you guys want to talk, if you have questions, uh, you can email me, uh, closureodana at me.com. That's C A L O G E R O D A N N A at me.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.